Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani, and this show is brought to you by Navman. Now, spoiler alert, stay tuned. We are going to be interviewing the man who's been testing the Navman for motorcycles, which is that dual dash cam that we've been talking about. But if you do not have a motorcycle, but you have a car, then trust me, you can get so many different dash cams for your vehicle. And one that I have been loving, it's such a cheap entry point. And I should say inexpensive rather than cheap is the MyView 830. It's a dual camera, just like what we're going to talk about later with the with the motorbike. But here we have something that has you can easily mount to your front windscreen and you can also have a rear camera to capture everything in full high definition with all of the alerts and all of the features that you should expect out of a high quality dash cam. Because the most important thing I have to keep reiterating about dash cams is this. You need to be able to identify the number plate. And in a cheap, poor quality dash cam, yeah, you'll know that a white car hit you, but you will have no idea who it was because you can't give your insurer the number plate. And that's extremely critical. Knowing what's going on around the vehicle with a wide angle lens, also extremely important. So you can see where the car was coming from or where the person was coming from. Whatever the case may be, there is more to it than just picking up any dash cam off the shelf. And I encourage you to keep listening to the show as you're going to hear about a particular dash cam that's exclusive for motorcycles. It's an amazing conversation that we have with the rider who has been using it for the last few weeks. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we have a huge show to get on with. So let's just crack open a can of something and move on. Rasembrasma, Jeff Quattromani, multi-Australian in Sydney. Tech expert, Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani, thank you very much from Sydney. Jeff Quattromani is here. And now it's time to talk technology. With Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. What the heck? Let's talk tech. Now, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, or this morning, or whatever it is that you are listening, uh, we are cracking open a Bolter. Bolter XPA. It's a beer. I'm having a beer instead of a bottle of wine. And I'll tell you the main reason. I'm going away. I'm going away for a few days as of tomorrow morning. So if I opened a bottle of wine today, there's no chance I'm going to finish it all by myself. And after three days, it's not going to be very good. So I've gone with a can of beer. And to be honest, I actually love a good tinny. And uh, this is one of my favorite beers. It's the Bolter XPA. It's absolutely stunning. It's a bit more expensive than just a traditional VB or Carlton Draft or something like that. But I do think it's very rewarding if you're only going to have one or two or even maybe three over a whole barbecue. Now, today in the show, we are going to talk about so many different things. I'm looking at the list in front of me. It's long. It's long. So stay tuned, get comfortable, pour yourself a cup of tea, or even crack yourself a beer. We're going to talk about an update from SpaceX. Now, you know my passion around SpaceX and what they're doing around Starlink, effectively providing the internet to the entire world. More information on that. Amazon has launched a warehouse, not one that they store products in, but a place that you can actually buy from. Now, these are returned goods, and I can't wait to tell you more about that and how you can save money on an Amazon purchase. Samsung have a new monitor. So if you are somebody who works from home uh, or maybe if in the office still, this is a monitor that isn't just showing what's on the computer. It's also a smart TV as well. And I cannot wait to tell you about that. There's so much more to it than what I've just said. We're then going to talk about some very new announcements from TCL. Now, TCL may be a company that you're very, you know, you're aware of, but maybe don't look at them as the most innovative company. However, they've announced three new products, and one of them is a, is a feature um, that I'm about to talk about. And honestly, one of them I'm dying, dying to wear on my face. So there's a little clue as to what's coming there. And obviously, we're going to talk to the man who we fitted a Navman motorcycle dash cam to. 
his bike. Uh, it's a Ducati, so we had to be very careful and cautious and make sure it wasn't um, it wasn't damaged in the process. But we have a quick chat to him because there's no point me telling you what it's like to have a dash cam on a motorbike if I'm not the guy who's had to live with it for the last few weeks. So we'll have a quick chat to him as well. Find the down low on the Navman dash cam for motorbikes. And to be honest, the other reason that I love this interview as well is that he's not sponsored by Navman. This podcast is. There is no influence whatsoever in his conversation with me about it. Um, and you can, and when you listen to it, you'll, you'll, you'll get that. He's very honest and, uh, and I love that. That's what I really wanted to achieve with that interview. So let's get on with the show. The news, news, news and a review. It was probably only a month or so ago that I interviewed a lady from, I think she was in Victoria, Australia. And she lived in the country. She was one of the first Starlink customers in the country and was so happy with the experience that she was having. You can always go back through the catalog of podcast episodes to hear hear that update and her feedback on the experience as well. And for me, it affects, and I genuinely believe that this affects our entire country's way of where we live and where we work. And the more opportunities that we have for excellent internet connections in any part of the country, the way it really could change how we how we learn, how we work, where we work, and everything else. So, good news. Starlink potentially could be operational for the entire globe in September this year. Now, before you go and run out to the outback and say, this is where I'm going to live, and you start to put your letterbox up and stuff like that, beware that... Um, you know, SpaceX, you know, part of Tesla run by Elon Musk uh, is a little bit over optimistic at times when it comes to product announcements and availabilities. Uh, if you think about the Tesla Model 3, it was announced, I think it was meant to be available a year later in Australia. I think it took about an extra two years. Um, Starlink, another one which had taken a long time to come to Australia, only recently arrived. And now they're literally talking about uh, global availability. So let's take it with a bit of a grain of salt. However, the good news is, is that they're now saying that they've actually deployed 1,800 satellites. And I remember them saying that around 2,000 could be the golden mark to give people, most people, most of the population, um, access to the internet on Earth. That's huge. They're saying that they've got over 100,000 users currently using the Starlink system. And this is where it's very much a restricted service where it doesn't have global availability. So only people who want, who actually can get it, are getting it. Um, they've got half a million people that want to be users. So 400,000 people literally sitting there waiting. I think that's a pretty staggering number. Um, I haven't registered because at my address, I have the NBN. But trust me, once I know that this is globally available, my little searches on realestate.com.au will suddenly change because it means that I could live somewhere that uh, currently doesn't have good NBN because I could potentially be using Starlink. I think that's just massive news, massive news and a huge impact um, to the rest of the world. The other thing, Amazon Warehouse, I talked about this in the intro, but this is fascinating to me. So if you go to amazon.com or amazon.com.au, there is a section now and it's a little bit hidden, but you can find it if you look for Amazon Warehouse Deals. So this isn't a place that you need to go to, nor is it you know, the actual Amazon warehouse that you need to visit. This is still online. And when you go in there, you'll find all the different categories of sections. Since this is a tech podcast, I'm clicking on the electronic section. And in here, I can tell you some of the very simple um, savings that you can have. Now, it's also important to note that a returned product is most likely unopened, unused, 
potentially has lost its little plastic wrap on the outside. Um, but this isn't refurbished products or anything like that. This is just returned items. So maybe it was a gift, didn't go down so well, you're going to get a refund on it, whatever that, you know, those kind of situations. Or maybe I've had to buy something, I've used it on Studio 10, um, put it back in the box and sent it back without actually, you know, realistically using it. Now, some examples that I can tell you straight up. Sony over-ear headphones, the XM3s, I've tested the pair. I think they're absolutely stunning. Um, recommended retail is $359. They've got them here for $324, so you can save $30. Not a big deal there. However, look at this one. The Samsung Galaxy Tab A7, normally $379. You can get it for $269. So you save $100 and you've done nothing different. You still get the warranty. You can even still return it if you don't like the product. It's just a way of saving money because it's already been in somebody's hands. So there's heaps of deals like this, even like PlayStation games, DVDs, um, you name it. They have got a whole bunch. And some of them don't actually show the discounts. You actually need to go and look you know, separately, maybe open up another tab and identify that for yourself. Say, for example, yeah, Samsung's Galaxy Buds, you know, those little small, I called them beans when I reviewed them. Those little beans was 329, 319, sorry, 148 bucks. It's, un it's unbelievable. If you're somebody who wants a particular gadget, perhaps cannot afford it, but you're absolutely so keen to have it, check here because there's money to be saved. And again, if you receive it, you don't like it, doesn't work properly, the box is way too damaged to be acceptable, whatever it is, you just return it. And I've returned stuff with Amazon before. It couldn't be simpler to return stuff with them. It's absolutely one of the easiest things to do. And I'm just going through this hundreds and hundreds of products that you can be looking at here. Um, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. And I'm just, you're crazy if you don't at least consider this space before you go and make a purchase. And it's not just electronics, it's everything that Amazon would normally sell or distribute. If it can be returned, maybe not food items, for example, but if it can be returned, then it can be on sold through Amazon Warehouse. I don't know what they used to do with them before. Were they just literally sold as new? I don't think so. Maybe employees just got little bonuses by just taking all this returned product. I have no idea. Samsung, I love this product. And I haven't even used it yet, but I love it. Samsung have a new smart monitor. I believe it may already be on sale. It's coming in a bunch of different sizes. I think 24 inches all the way up to 43 inches. The, the 220 inch odd sizes only at high definition or full high definition. The 34 and 43 inch is 4K. Okay, very clear delineation between the, the um, two of each side, right? The big thing to note here is that, yes, you can plug in your Mac, you can plug in your Windows computer, you can use HDMI, you can use USB-C, and you can get that image up on your screen and you can use it as an extended monitor if you want. What about at lunchtime? Maybe at lunchtime, you just want to watch something on Netflix or Stan or Amazon Prime, whatever it is, or even YouTube. Well, you pick up the remote. Yes, it comes with a remote just like a normal TV. In fact, it's the same remote that you do see on the, on the new range of Samsung smart TVs. It's the solar-powered remote. And you can press the home button, smart menu system opens up, open up the Netflix app and carry on. Now, you could say, well, hang on. If I was on my computer, I could just go on the web and go to netflix.com and do that. That's very true and a very good point. But what I will say is this. When you don't have your computer connected, it literally is your smart TV. So if you are somebody who maybe has children who would love to have their computer in their room, but they've also been asking for a TV in their room, you've now given them both. And that's something that they can do from the bed, from the couch, in the room, especially at 43 inch. That's pretty good size for the entire room. 
You don't have to be sitting in front of it using a keyboard and mouse like you would to watch Netflix through your PC. You can actually be doing it just with the remote control. The other thing as well, it's got AirPlay built in, meaning if you've got an iPhone, iPad, or even a Mac, you can just wirelessly cast your display or content straight to the monitor without actually plugging anything in. I love that feature. If you've got a Samsung phone, you can actually tap it onto the side of the monitor and bang, it will start to display its content as well. If you've got a phone that supports DeX, which is their smartphone operating system that you can effectively work from, then you could just be using your smartphone or tablet to work like a desktop on that monitor. It's a pretty cool feature. It does work with Samsung TVs as well, that Samsung DeX feature, but being able to just do that on a monitor is even cooler. The other thing that I absolutely love You've left your computer at work, but you've got a Samsung smart monitor. You've come home, you sit in front of the monitor, you have a keyboard and mouse connected to the monitor. You can op open Office 365 on the monitor itself. And if your company uses Office 365, you could log in, work on spreadsheets, documents, PowerPoint presentations, read your email, and there is no computer. It is just the smart monitor doing all the work, obviously requiring an internet connection, which does support Wi-Fi. Um, and there you go. It's got Bluetooth built in so that, like I said, you could have your keyboard and mouse connected, even if it's wireless. It is just a jack of all trades monitor. And I'm so, I'm just so impressed by it. I'm dying to try it. Now, the other thing is, you're probably thinking, well, it's going to be expensive. And I can tell you that it's not that expensive. A 24-inch model, as I said, full high definition, not 4K, $239. The 27-inch, $399. Again, we're not talking about that much money. That's not that much. 32-inch, $499. $499 for a 32-inch technically smart TV, technically monitor. And the 43-inch, if you want to go all out at four, with a 4K display, we're talking about $899. So that's when you're starting to get more into smart TV territory. But again, think about some of the features we've just been talking about. Most of that does not come on a smart TV. So I'm stoked. I've reached out to Samsung and I said, guys, I really want to try this to see if it's really as good as I'm picturing it is in my head. I'm looking to get one. I have a shelf that sits above my existing monitor, which means I'm actually restricted on height. Um, so I think as a result, I've asked for the 27 inch or the 24 inch to review. If I get it, I will absolutely be keeping you guys posted and let you know all about it. So. I don't know. Let me, what you go, let me know what you guys think. Am I just way too excited about something like this or is it actually justified? Now, after this, we're going to talk about everything that TCL has announced. Effectively, this is part of Mobile World Congress, which isn't really going ahead. Um, and here's some announcements that I'm literally recording while under embargo. But if you're hearing it, it means that you're allowed to be hearing it. I'm so excited about a couple of these things. And then we're going to get into that interview with our Navman motorbike rider. Now, you would be forgiven, as I said in the introduction, for not being too familiar with TCL. I think this year and towards the end of last year, you would have probably started to really understand that TCL is a brand that's not just doing televisions. They've been really pushing in the smartphone game. We've heard about them in other areas before. But now, I think 2021, 2022 is going to be the year that you really start to go, Ah, TCL is one to watch. And in fact, the way I actually look at TCL after the presentation we went through yesterday or the day before is I feel like they can fill the shoes of Huawei. And 
years ago, before Huawei lost their edge by not having access to, you know, Google services and things like that, Huawei was killing it. I mean, they were one of the great alternatives to an iPhone, also a really great alternative to Samsung devices. And Huawei was really innovative in so many different areas that you had to pay attention to them. I feel like they've lost that because of the drama that's gone on in their company. But TCL seems to be taking their place and is literally running. Now, I'm going to talk about just three particular things that I really had my attention caught by in the event that I attended. It was more of a briefing, which was fantastic, which meant I could ask questions and things like that. But let me talk about a couple of things that are coming very, very soon. The first one is a smartwatch. However, it's probably a smartwatch that you would give to an elderly person or you would give to your kids pre-smartphone. Now, it's called the MoveTime Family Watch 2. Now, a little while back, it must have been maybe one or two years ago, I tested the Move Time, and it was something that I had on Studio 10, and I talked about how fantastic it was for geofencing and things like that. And Carrie Ann Kennelly immediately pounced on me and said, I need four of these for my nieces and nephews. They loved the idea. The Family Watch 2 takes that kid's type smartwatch and improves on it quite a bit. Now, I did say in that piece just then that it does geofencing, and I think that's going to be one of the best features, is that if you're going to put a smartwatch onto your kids who potentially are still in primary school, if they were to leave the school during school hours, pretty cool that you can get a notification. If they were to arrive home at a certain time, it's pretty good to know when they've gotten home. But also, it's a method to be able to call or SMS your kids. The smartwatch that TCL offer in this case is with a SIM card. It's able to send an SMS to contacts that you permit, and it's also able to receive um, SMSs and calls from contacts that you permit. I love this. It means that you could program mum, dad, grandma, whatever, into the actual watch, and they're the only people that they can contact. There's no dial pad. There's nothing like that. So it's a nice smartwatch that allows those types of things, as well as obviously doing things like um, step counting and whatnot. But the new one, uh, the Family Watch 2, adds something that is very obvious. It adds a camera. It adds a camera to the front. So that means that they can also do a video call with you now. So if you, for whatever reason, need to see them or they need to see you, they'll be able to do that through the Family Watch 2. It takes a nano SIM. Um, I just think this is getting so, so smart. It is a very basic camera. It's just enough to do video calling. Um, it does say it's got Google Maps as well, which would be very interesting to actually try out and how that actually does work. Um, but I'm very excited by this GPS tracking. It's got Wi-Fi, which means that they will be able to get reception or connect to, um, you know, connect to the internet if they need to. I'm, I'm overwhelmed by this. And, and the reason being is that this changes the way that parents can interact with their kids. You know, in the past, they almost felt like they had no option but to give them a phone. And when you give somebody a phone, there are, it's either very difficult to lock down or things can go wrong and, and they can be, you know, predators really take advantage of this stuff. So having something like this, I think is a very smart move. Um, the last model, I think it costs like $150. Someone will correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so I expect the new model to be quite similar in that sense. I'm really excited to try it when it does come out, um, and you'll be first to hear about it here as well. The other interesting thing, it was a feature that they talked about, and it's actually a feature that's going to be coming on their new smartphone called the TCL 20 Pro 5G. Now, the, the phone itself, I'm not even going to talk about. It sounds really exciting. It sounds like it's got all the power in the world, but with smartphones, for me, I need to touch them and 
look at them before I can really appreciate what I'm actually talking about. I'm sorry about that, but it does look like a nice phone. The feature that's coming on this device, and it will probably come to other devices they release in the, in the future, is multi-screen collaboration. And I think this is just very smart. What we're talking about here is the ability to mirror your phone onto, onto televisions, onto tablets, or even onto your computer. So you could have your phone next to you, and as soon as you put it down, if it connects to your computer, literally your phone screen appears as a separate window on your, on, your, on your desk. That means that you could scroll through Instagram through there. You could respond to text messages. You could even take phone calls without picking up the phone. It can stay there. It means that you don't have to be picking up one device to type it back to somebody and then switching back to work. It all integrates and it all fits into one. The benefit of having it mirror onto your TV was really interesting. The way that they showed it was imagine if you were showing photos on the television, but then, but then the actual screen of your phone became more of a touchpad in the same sense for gaming. What if you could play games where the game was on the TV, but your controller was on the phone? There were so many different demonstrations of that. I thought this is very, very smart. If you think about web browsing on your TV, using your phone as the keyboard and touchpad to scroll a mouse around, very, very smart. The one thing I'm going to, talk, to call out very early, though, is that there is a list of compatible devices that I'm yet to really understand. So when we talk about what this will work with, from a computer point of view, Windows 10 won't work on a Mac. Uh, from a tablet point of view, not quite sure just yet. I think the biggest question will be, from a TV point of view, what will this work with? Is it just TCL TVs, or could we see this come to other TVs using Chromecast or something like that? Amazing feature. It, yes, you've heard about similar features like this before from, say, Samsung. Apple allow you to mirror, but it's not quite the same in terms of this, these capabilities. Um, but I'm very excited by it. So again, a nice piece of innovation that I, that I heard from TCL. The biggest one. The biggest thing that I heard from TCL that I literally am dying to try is the Nextwear G. Now, that doesn't tell you much in the name. But the Nextwear G is a pair of glasses. They're a pair of glasses that you can wear. And effectively, it's almost like putting virtual reality headsets on, but not quite the same. And let me try and explain this. Imagine literally just wearing a pair of normal sunglasses where you can, you know, you still have peripheral vision. You're not completely blacked out, as in you could look down and see around the glasses. But when you're looking at the lenses themselves, you have two 1080p displays inside each of the lenses. Sorry, inside the lenses, meaning one on each side. That means effectively that it, it will feel like you're looking at a 140-inch display. Yes, because it's so close to your eyes, but 140 inches is what it will feel like you're looking at. So if you want a home theater-style experience, you could potentially have that with these glasses. How do they work? The glasses themselves are really just a display. They don't have much in the sense of brains. So it's not really like a VR headset where you can navigate around a world. It's just like wearing a big screen on your face. And I'm excited by this for a number of reasons. The first thing is connectivity is going to be provided with USB-C, meaning the sunglasses themselves, I keep calling the sunglasses, but the glasses themselves have a cable that comes out of the right arm and you can connect it to a smartphone. And I say a smartphone 
because it will work with a huge list of devices, which I'm very impressed by, as long as it can connect through USB-C and probably support some kind of codec. But I'm looking at a huge list from Samsung, LG phones, even Microsoft Lumia 950, which is an old phone. Um, even an old BlackBerry will still be able to mirror on there. Um, HTC phones, so many different phones. But it will also work with laptops. So imagine this. Imagine if you're sitting somewhere, maybe it is at work, and what you're working on is a bit sensitive. So you don't use your display. You plug in these glasses, and suddenly you're seeing your work on your glasses. So we're talking about Lenovo computers, Apple MacBooks, anything with a USB-C display out effectively could potentially work on this device. I'm fascinated by this. I can't wait to try it. Um, 140 inch audio does not come through here. It will come through what you would normally have um, a pair of headphones or something like that. Let me correct myself very quickly. It does have speakers built in, but the reason I say audio doesn't come through there is because it shouldn't. It just shouldn't. You shouldn't have speakers on sunglasses that while your viewing is private, the audio is not. I just don't think that makes sense, but it does have its own speakers, not that I think it should. Um, so it's fascinating. Now, the good news about this, which I can tell you up front, they're coming to Australia. They're coming to Australia next month. Yes, July this year, they'll be on sale at Harvey Norman for $899. Sounds like a lot of money, but how much do you think it costs for a 140-inch screen? Home theater. Interesting way to look at it. So I'm going to try them as soon as I humanly can. Um, and if I think they're very, very good, you'll hear about it. If I think they're very, very bad, you'll hear about it. But on the surface, I'm so damn excited um, by this product from TCL because it, said, it speaks innovation to me. It literally speaks innovation. And they're just three examples. There was more that was announced. And probably as they start to come to market, I'll start talking about them further at that point. Otherwise, head to some tech websites. I'm sure you're going to find everything that TCL announced, but they are the three biggest things that I'm so, so excited about. Now, when Navman decided to bring a dash cam for motorbikes to market, I couldn't help but be excited and curious because I hadn't seen dash cams for motorbikes before. I've seen people wear GoPros and things like that while riding. So I had to ask Navman how it would be possible for me to test one of these. They sent it to me and then I reached out to a good friend of mine and good friend of the show, Kerno. Um, that's not his real name. That's what we call him, Kerno. And he has two Ducatis. I mean, rolling, just killing it. Um, I think it's crypto. But he has two Ducatis and one of them is, is a regular rider for him. And I asked him if he would be so kind as to test it for me and so that we could speak to him later on and actually tell you what the Navman dash cam for motorbikes is like. Um, to stra straight up tell you the model, it's the MyView M760D. Um, it's got two cameras, front and rear, and it's very, very small and tight. It's not like a normal car dash cam. So without further ado, I'm going to get straight to the conversation with Kerno, and he will tell you more about the, uh, the whole range or the whole experience with it. And honestly, if you do have further questions, let me know. I can probably find out for you if you do need to know. Uh, you can text me 0467-439-078. Let's get straight to the conversation. Now, Kerno, as a motorbike rider, um, do you see why something like this exists, this particular product you've been testing? Absolutely. Um, I would say that uh, in, in, in most cases, uh, when, I'm, when I'm riding out the big rides, um, whether that's a, a ride to, to commute to work or whether it's a ride to commute to the city um, or just have a good weekend out, there's usually a close or a, you know, a close shave, so to speak. Um, 
I do find that that is a, that that's a regular occurrence, not because um, writing erratically or anything like that. I just find that sometimes people like to get closer than what I feel comfortable. They may feel comfortable, but I don't feel that comfortable. So yeah. 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 And what did you use before? Did you have a GoPro on your helmet or something like that? How would you record this stuff? Yeah. So look, I'd only ever have a GoPro, I suppose, in occasions where I'm at the track or um, not, I'm, I'm not typically one to record when I'm commuting okay. or, or anywhere else. Yeah. Now tell me about the installation, because I know that this isn't something that sort of just goes on your helmet or on your handlebars. This needs to actually be built into the bike. How hard was it? Could, could anyone do it? I mean, I know on the Navman site, they're saying an electrician should do it, but you kind of did it yourself. Yeah. Look, I, I have a stab at most things. Um, I would say that the inclusion of a wiretap would be useful um, because that's, you know, every bike has a fuse box and every bike can tap in the fuse. But mm. apart from that, um, the install was very easy. Obviously, I had had an issue where um, it wouldn't seem to accept power. I tried it a few times and, it, and then it started working magically and since then haven't had a problem <laughs> i was going to say you know you've been you've been riding with it for a while now um you know do you need anything to get it started i mean when you start the bike it starts it starts recording immediately as well because there's some buttons on the handlebars too right yeah you don't need to touch anything so you start this is the, one of the best things about this this device is that it's simple and you don't really need to think about it until something happens or until mm. um you wanted to capture something or, or remind yourself that, that you wanted to go back and look at footage in a certain place so um it, being simple is, is the main thing when you turn it off you don't have to worry about it consuming all your battery um, it'll turn off itself after some time um it, it, it does continue recording a little bit after you turn the bike off okay uh, but not to the point where it will diminish your battery in any way so um yeah very very simple and, and look I've, I've seen some of the footage that you've captured you know nighttime daytime I think the biggest thing for me was it's pretty smooth. I mean, your bike's not exactly a, a, a cushion floating across the road, but there's not that much vibration in it, but it's, it's not too bad, the footage. Definitely minimizes um, the vibration of the bike. I've yeah. got uh, an L-Twin Ducati that uh, does vibrate, especially the rear camera being mounted on the number plate. So mm. you'd expect even more vibration and it handles it really well considering. Um, and the main thing from a quality um, you know, it's no GoPro. Uh, however, the quality is fantastic for what it needs to do. It needs to be able to capture license plates. I need to have comfort that it you know, can capture license plates, can capture um, cars coming in from the left or the right. Obviously, from the side, it's a little bit more difficult, but it, the rear has a wide enough field of view that you'll be able to capture lanes, uh, sorry, lanes either side of the lane you're in. So, um, yeah, works well. It's a good point because, I mean, if you had something mounted to your helmet, it's going to record anything that you see. And if you turn your head, you'll capture it. But then one thing that you don't have with a helmet mounted cam is the rear. I mean, that, that rear camera is pretty handy because, I mean, I don't know the stats, but I'm guessing a lot of cyclists probably get rear-ended as well. Yeah. Um, I've had a number of friends um, being hit up the back and it's always yeah, good to know you'll capture the person, but unfortunately... The injuries that you get from just being tapped up, just tapped up the back, this is horrible on a bike, especially depending on your bike. If you feel sitting forward, um, your spine's not in a good position to, to you know, cop a tap in the back. True. Um, so, yeah, that, that's always good to be able to capture that. But, uh, yeah, it's not going to prevent anything. <laughs> and, and look, you mentioned before, you've got a pretty sexy bike. Um, these cameras are pretty small. So I assume it hasn't sort of ruined the, the looks of your bike. It's kind of not that obvious. Yeah. 
where I've chosen to mount mine because I've got a trellis frame, um, so a bunch of bars that I can hide it under, um, mm. in a pretty reachable spot. Um, I was able to hide the cables and run the cables really easily. If I had a full fairing bike, I'd imagine it'd be a little bit harder. So, yeah. um, but, but for the naked style bikes that I have, um, not a problem. Cool, cool. And look, you've um, you've actually done some pretty cool rides in the past overseas and things like that. How handy would it have been to have something like this strapped on the front and the back to to capture enjoyable rides? I mean, we, we always talk about things going wrong, and that's why you need cameras. But you know, if you're at a track day or something like that, this could be pretty cool too, right? Yeah, I would say for the track day, it would be pretty good. Um, it's no action cam. Um, mm. I would definitely, when I've gone overseas, I've had the, the GoPro on the helmet, so you can also take in some of the views. Um, however, absolutely, um, you'd be able to capture an additional footage um, to, to that action camera. Yeah, and, and including speed, because I mean, it's got, it's got GPS tracking on it. So I assume you're going to get your location, your speed, if, you, if you're actually happy to be showing that. Um, but also it's, it's got a G sensor too. So you'd actually be able to capture all of that. So it is, it is interesting in that way. It's not just for you know, insurance purposes. You could have a, a yeah, lean angle sensor as well. <laughs> uh, you're right, the speed and the GPS can probably be uh, considered a negative in some cases too, right? Um, because it pins you to that location and, and it also shows you the speed you're traveling at. So yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> now, the other thing I wanted to ask, because you did get the footage off, off the camera, was it hard? It, how did you actually go about doing that? Did you take a card out of it or something like that? Yeah, look, to, to grab a bunch of footage, um, to grab larger, um, larger images and large, sorry, larger videos, mm -hmm. definitely take the card out. Um, much easier. You can download um, pieces of footage uh, if you want. Like if you've um, noted during your trip, uh, certain events probably easy to just pull that from by Wi-Fi. However, oh, yeah. taking taking the footage from the camera, sorry, from the card is much easier. Okay, okay. Now look, it's it's five hundred ninety nine bucks. That's that's the recommended retail price. And look, it's kind of similar to a GoPro in terms of price, but it does different things, and it's obviously mounted and things like that. Considering it on its own, I haven't tested any other dash cam that goes on motorbikes before. At 600 bucks, what do you think? Is it something people should buy, shouldn't buy? Um, or is it or is it a bit of a, a nice to have in a lot of ways? Yeah, for 600 bucks, it's a little steep. Um, however, it depends on your mode of transport. If you are using bikes to go for fun weekend rides, get an action cam, mm. right? Yeah, because you want to replay that back and you want to take in that footage and play it back later in high quality. Yeah. If you want to protect yourself, um, and I think this camera is well suited for a like a, a commuter that's some, someone that commutes fairly regularly. It's a good point, actually. I'm thinking of I've, I've had a lot of couriers coming here who are on bikes and they have a little milk crate on the back where they put their small packages in and they're literally zipping around the city and things like that on motorbikes for deliveries. That would make sense because it's your profession. This kind of makes sense to protect you and make sure you're capturing that kind of stuff. That would be a really good use case, I think. 100%. Yeah, if you're commuting, especially if that's part of your job, um, yeah, one of these is, is going to be very helpful. Good. And lastly, uh, free weekend, perfect weather. Where are you riding? <laughs> um, lucky enough to be in a part of Sydney that um, I can go up north, I can go down south. Kangaroo Valley is always a, a nice trip um, down through and back up through Macquarie Pass. Absolutely. Love that one. Love it. Kerno, thanks so much for uh, for joining the show and and telling us a bit more about a product that I couldn't test because mate, I wouldn't have a clue how to even get moving on a bike like yours. It's the uh, it's the Navman MyView M760D. It's such a catchy name, but um, at least the product works well. 
Look, and just another massive thanks to Kerno for uh, for going through, fitting the camera, doing the testing, and obviously sharing the footage with us so that I could uh, take a look and have a bit of an assessment for myself. I'm impressed. Let me know what you guys think. Um, any questions that you do have across anything that we've spoken about on the show, I'll give that number out once again if you need to text 0467-439-078. You can always reach out to me via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever platforms you feel comfortable with, and you'll probably find me there. Um, I love hearing from you guys. I also love reading the reviews that you guys leave as well. So if you are an iPhone user, um, jump into the Apple podcast section and leave a review there. One star, five star. Just a few words is always really nice to read. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for downloading. I will speak to you again next week. Um, We are in the process of lining up interviews. I promise you that. And probably a few other things going on underneath the surface as well. But I can't wait to share more of that with you as well. So stay safe. Look after each other. I'll speak to you again next week. Bye-bye.